Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We've been speaking on foundations. Everyone say foundations. Foundations aren't sexy, but they are vital. And whenever you see a family that looked like they had it all together, all of a sudden divorcing, falling apart, it's because there was a problem in the foundation. Whenever you see a, a family that, you know, rolling in that Mercedes, driving, living in that big old house, all of a sudden filing for bankruptcy, it's because there was a problem in the foundation. And I shared this before, you know, for those of you that are part of financial services, I've gone and spoken several times at the Transamerica building in San Francisco, and everyone oohs and ahs at the building, not realizing that it's the foundation that gives that building the opportunity to be there here in earthquake country. Everyone takes pictures of the pyramid, but no one takes time to acknowledge the foundation. If you have a bad foundation, it's going to show up. It'll end up showing up in your life, and that's why it's so vital that we build a strong foundation. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, but it's more than a prayer, it's a foundation for living. You know, let's read this in verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. In other words, God expects you to pray, amen? amen? Expectation. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I'd encourage you to go online and listen to the messages that are foundational that we've laid down on, on these points. Today, verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I apologize. I got a cough drop in my mouth because we ended up catching a little something while we were out there in, uh, in uh, Texas. And so a little bug. But foundations are not always visible, but they are vital. And... Before you can fix a structure, you got to pay attention to your foundation. you got to go back in and deal with the foundational issues in your life if you're going to spend any time in trying to repair things. And I want you to understand that we, we've been speaking on our Father, which art in heaven. I want to review real quick and just kind of give you what we've gone over. First of all, our, our Father is that you're no longer an orphan. You belong. Somebody say Amen. So you belong to someone. Secondly, your kingdom come, your will be done. God expects us to obey him. And obedience opens up victory. When you obey God, God calls us to obey, not understand. And many of us want to understand before we obey. God calls you to obey, and then you get victory. And when you respond to God because he's a good father, you will see breakthrough take place in your life. Thirdly, give us this day. It's not until the third part of the prayer do you even ask God for anything. And here he says, give us this day our daily bread. We recognize that God loves you so much that he wants to provide for you as a good father. Every good parent takes care of their kid. And I shared earlier that when I see parents walking in with their kids in the morning, taking them to children's church and everything, the kids are always dressed nice. They're always clean. Their hair is always done. The reason why is because we got good parents here. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. You're good parents. 
I have yet to see a parent come in dressed to the nines while the kid has holes in their shoes, dirty shirt, no, no, no pants or whatever. I've seen every parent walk in. The parent might look like that, but the kid is always looking good. Come on, somebody. Because you care about your kids. Because the condition of your kids, I remember growing up, my mom would always say, make sure you have clean underwear. Why? Because if you get in an accident, and you know the next part, right? You get in an accident, they, they're going to they're gonna see your dirty underwear and think you have a terrible mother. I don't get it. Like, that's really what they're going to be concerned about. I'm laying on a, in a gurney, and they're taking me out. Man, this guy has a terrible mother. Look at his underwear. Come on. <laughs> Let's go on. Number four. Forgive us. Our debts as we forgive our debtors. Last week, we, a couple weeks ago, we talked about forgiveness. It is vital that you not only let other people free, but you let yourself free. Forgiveness is foundational in your walk and in your experience with God. And today, we go in to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want you to know that you are victorious. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're sitting next to a winner right now. Look at your other neighbor and tell him, you're sitting next to a winner. So he says this. Everyone say this with me. Lead us not into temptation. That word, lead us not, literally is talking about this. That means you're following someone. If you're being led, that means you're following someone. And every one of us is following something or someone. That word lead in the Greek means to lead or to bring in. It means literally, it's a compound word, which means to carry something in or to bring something into doing. And so when we talk about lead us not, when we talk about not being led into temptation... We have to be careful of what you are being led by because every single one of us in here is led by something or someone. Say it again, Pastor. Every one of you is led or motivated by something. Every one of us is drawn or pushed or brought in by something. And for some of you, you're led by your emotions. We don't, people don't know what to expect based on one moment you're laughing, one moment you're crying, one moment you're happy, one moment you're angry, and you're, you're volatile. You, people don't know what to expect from you. But you're led by your emotions. There's others that are led by sex. You know, you see that girl, you see that guy, all your values go out the window. Well, you know, I'm just trying to be into me today. This year, I just want to get to know me. I just want to be about me. I'm just trying to find out who I am. Oh, man, he is fine. Oh, she is fine. And before you know it, you've totally forget about everything because you're led by your desires. And you think more with your loins than you do with your head. And we're led by success. I, I just need to get that car. I need to get that house. I need to get to this level. I need to, to do this. I need led by money. You know, I just I just want I want the Skrilla. I want I want dead presidents. I just I just want to get me some Thedia. I, I need some cash. And so we're all about trying to get money. We're after something. And there's people that are trying to get stuff. And the, but materialism, you're led by man. You're motivated by man. Some of you, on the other hand, are led by faith. Some of you are driven by faith. You're driven by love. You're driven by purpose. You're driven by hope and you're driven by God. There's many of you that are driven by things, but every one of us is driven by something. 
And some of you are driven by your past. You're driven or driven away by your past. Whatever it is, every one of us, you got to understand this. Before you follow anyone, you better know where that person's going. In this age of Twitter, follow me, and uh, Facebook, follow me on this. And you better know where that person's following. You don't know how many people I get rid of on social media. I just start blocking. As soon as I see a cuss word come up, I don't, I don't need that crap in my life. Just boom. I, there's, no, there's no grace period in that stuff. As soon as that pop, boop. But pastor, what about love? I love you. I just don't want to follow you. I don't need to be following where you're going because you're trying to take me to a place I came out of. I came out of a foul mouth. I came out of that background. I don't need to be going back there again. Or excuse, excuse this post, you know, excuse the language in this post. What do you mean excuse the language? Excuse you for posting it. I'm sorry. Lead us not into what? To what? I heard someone say one time, I can can handle anything but temptation. The Greek word for temptation means to be tested or an experience. Notice this. Classical Greek, it's synonymous with danger or risk. Lead me not into danger or risk. Don't put me in a place where I can be, I'm going to be in trouble. See, God is never the author of temptation, regardless of what you think. And we've always said this before. You know what, man, you know, God, God's tempting me. God, God doesn't tempt you. Amen. Say it again, Pastor. God doesn't tempt you. You tempt you. Some, some of you are having a hard time with that right now. Well, come on, I'm going to take you somewhere. Look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says this. And remember, when you are being tempted, don't say God is tempting me. So what your pastor's telling you is true. All right? I didn't make this up. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So if God isn't tempted to do wrong, he's not going to put his children in that position to do the same. He's a good father. All right? But look at the last part. Temptation comes from where? From whose? Not your mama. Not your daddy. Not your cousin. Not from Ray Ray. It comes from you. Your desires. Because you can only be tempted by the very thing that you desire. You can't tempt me with vegetables. You are not going to induce me or entice me by broccoli. Now, we talk about chocolate cake. We got an issue. My wife loves vegetables. We were talking earlier in the first service with, with Sepha. Sepha eats anything out of the ground. That boy loves vegetables. He lo- but not me. I, I, you cannot. You, you, you have to force me to eat that stuff. My wife loves that stuff, but... You are, you are tempted. What makes it a temptation is the fact that you have a desire for it. You, you're, you're not going to find me being a heroin addict because I hate needles. My vice isn't your vice. I got issues. My issues just aren't your issues. You're not going to tempt me with alcohol because I hate the taste of alcohol. You're, you're, but I got my own vices. I got my own issues. I got my own sin. And every one of us is tempted by something or someone. And so I can't point my finger at you because I got four more pointing back at me. 
We all got issues. Come on, somebody. Temptation comes from your own desires which entice you and drag you away. That, that word entice and drag literally to pull you. Go, so at times, even against your will. So your, your, it's your desire that determines your temptation. So how do I change my temptation? You got to change your desire. Those that delight themselves in the Lord, God will give them the desires of their heart. If I get my heart in tune with God, my desires change. See, we're all tempted by something. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The temptations in your life are no different. Someone say no different from what others experience. So don't, don't give me this crap of, you know what, man, Pastor Dan, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the temptations I'm facing right now. We've all been there. It might be a different name, a different time, a different city, a different, a different face on it. But we all have, every, everyone's gone through the exact temptations you're going through right now. Oh, you just don't know what I'm going through. Shut up. <laughs> don't give me that. Everyone's gone through temptation. It says here, are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the what? The temptation to be more than you can stand. So I, we use this scripture. God won't allow me to go through anything that I can't stand. That's not the scripture. The scripture says he won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand. Without what? Providing what? A way out. And so if you fall into sin from temptation, it's not God's fault. Because there's an exit ramp on every single decision that you've gone through. Every choice that you've made, that girl at work that's, that's giving you the eye, that dude at work that, that, that's throwing the Mac down, that, that money that was sitting there, there was an exit that you didn't take. Temptation that you're facing is nothing new. And temptation, it wants to seduce you. It wants to lead you. It wants to draw you to something or someone that you know isn't right. And yet we talk ourselves into it, right? It, come on, folks. Let's be honest here. When we sin, we don't just find out, how did that happen? Come on. You know exactly what you're doing when you're doing it. You know who was going to be there. You knew she hung out at that club at that time. Well, I was just dropping something off, Pastor. I don't know how it happened. I was just driving by the house, and she just happened to be there. He just happened to be there. Shut up. You knew exactly what. Oh, you know what? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't planning on getting high. I was just driving by, and all, he was there because he's always there. You knew he was going to be there when you drove by because he's always there. Come on, somebody. Let's be honest with ourselves. Most of the trouble we end up in isn't that God put us there, is that you put yourself there. Sin has a progression to it. And I want you to see this progression that we find in Genesis chapter 3. It says that when the woman saw the fruit, everyone say saw. If you want to change your life, you got to change what you see. And the problem is this girl had this whole garden and she's focused in on one tree. Just like a, just like a woman. Always want that one thing you can't have. You can have all the shoes in here, you just can't have the red ones. And which ones do you want? I want the red ones. Because we always want what we, don't, what we can't have. 
And God put the tree in the middle of the garden for the reason is that if you say that I made a choice to follow God, but there is no other choices, what, what kind of choice is that? God placed the tree there to give them the opportunity to say not just no to the tree, but to say yes to God. God wants you today to say yes to him. There's a lot of other things out there grabbing your attention, but can you say yes to God? It's not about saying no to the tree. It's about saying yes to God. And look, look at the progression. And she saw the fruit of the tree was good. She just starts staring at it. Think about it. When you, when you end up messing up, all of a sudden, you just can't get it out of your mind. I know I, I used to drive this 4 by 4 Toyota pickup, and I got it in my heart, got it in my life that I needed a Corvette. Every car I saw driving down the road was a Corvette. And I, I was pushing, man. I, I was jonesing to get this vet and ended up buying, getting rid of this perfectly good truck to pick up this 1983 L82 Corvette that was junk. Sat down in the seat and <laughs> fell back a little bit. I was like, oh, cool, it reclines. <laughs> Turn on the light and only one goes up. Oh, it's winking at everyone. That's cool. <laughs> Sometimes you want something so bad you can't see that it's bad for you. And she saw it. She got to, the Bible says that it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took it and she ate it. Now, it'd be one thing if it stopped right there, but what what did she do? She what? Come on, come on, talk to me. She what? Now, Now, see what happens here. Because you never sin by yourself. Some of you jokers, when you, when you, it'd be one thing for you to sin, but you're always trying to bring someone else into your sin with you, right? Think about it. When you used to get high, you go score, and then before you got high, what'd you do? Hey, man, I, I, I just scored. Let's get together. Let's get. To- you never got high by, you rarely got high by yourself. I just picked up a 24 pack, man. Why don't you come over? What'd you get 24 for? I got four for you. <laughs> Come on over. Let's hang out. Think, right? Right? For, for those of you that, used to, that used, to, used to party. Last night. I want you to see what takes place here. Before Eve, Eve ever ate the fruit. She ate it with her heart before she ever tasted it with her lips. Before that affair even happens, it's happened in your heart and your mind before it's ever happened in your body. Sin always takes place with what you see first. That's why you got to control the things that your eyes see, the things and the way you see things. You got to watch yourself because it was she saw it first with her eyes. She tasted it with her heart before it ever touched her lips. And then she shares it because sin is rarely done alone. But look at 1 John. There's hope for you here. Take a look at this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. We're only, we're, 
every single one of us will only be uh, tempted in these three areas. Every temptation will fall in one of these three areas. Number one, check out, take a look at this. For the world only offers a craving for physical pleasure. That's one area. Secondly, a craving for everything we see. So we see things and we want it. That's why television's so powerful. Advertising. That, that car, that, 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 you know, those clothes, the cer- certain house, you know, certain activities. You know, that, that thug by the name of Disney, Mickey Mouse. He's the deepest thug that you will find because he takes your money with a smile on your face. And you're happy while you're throwing all that money to the mouse. Everything we see, pride in our achievements and in our possessions. These are not from the Father, but from the world. Now, now stay with me as we, as we get ready to close here. Three areas that you're going to struggle with. Number one, the lust of the flesh. Things that we want in the flesh. Secondly, the lust of the eyes. And lastly, the pride of life. Look what I accomplished. Man, look what I've done. Look, look what I own. Look, look at the things I've, I've accomplished here. Adam and Eve failed in all three of these areas. They failed, and they ended up passing it on to us. So you have Adam and Eve here. Come here, babe. See, I only got one babe. Notice a bunch of ladies didn't come walking up right there. See? Okay? Adam and Eve. They have a son. Pastor Matt, come on up, son. Come here, mijo. When Adam and Eve sin, they pass on that sin to their son. In the Bible, as you go on, you find out that Adam was created in whose image? God's image. But when you get to Genesis chapter, I believe chapter 4, it says that Adam created a man in his own image. No longer in God's image, but his own. Because when sin entered in, it broke that relationship with heaven. And so now it's passed on, and Pastor Matt has a son, and it's a little backwards, but it's Anthony. They look alike, don't they? Such a loving family. Then they have Samson. See, sin messes things up, man. I want you to see what happens. And, and as, great, as great as he is, as great... You're so jumpy for, man. As great as he is, that sinful nature is now passed on to his son. And then it's passed on to his son. The first Adam blew it. So God had to send the second Adam... In Jesus. So you say Jesus, all of a sudden, Cisco just jumps up. Huh? Bro. Come on, bro. Come on, man. It's a little presumptuous, don't you think? 
Jesus comes not through the bloodline of his father, but through his heavenly father. And he lives a sinless life, gives his life for you and I. But before that happens, Satan comes. And Satan tries to get him to fail in the three areas that Adam and Eve failed. Amen. Turn these stones to bread. I know you're hungry. He comes at his weakest time. Turn the bread. Now, turning stones to bread isn't really, that's not a sin. But what the sin would be is him giving into his flesh, lust of the flesh. So if he had done it based on what he said, it would have been over. Then he takes him up and he says, hey, man, look at all the kingdoms of the world. I'll give you these if you just bow down and worship me. Then he says, listen, throw yourself down from the top of this pinnacle. Because before you hit the ground, God will save you. And he tells him, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't tempt the Lord your God. Every one of these times where Adam and Eve failed, Jesus succeeded. And what he did is he broke the curse that had been passed from generation to generation. Totally destroyed the curse. And so where he failed, notice this, every time Satan said something to him, Jesus responded with, it is written. It is written. Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written. Every single time, it is written. In other words, what he was saying is this. My daddy says. My father said. My dad. See, it's foundational. It goes back to point number one in our father. If you have no relationship with God, you're not going to have a my daddy says to defeat the enemy when he comes up against you. You have to have a my father in order to have a my father said. It's foundational. You need it. And he was able to say, my daddy said this. My daddy said that. I want you to know every one of you in this place, you have a father in heaven that has a my daddy says over your life. Sin doesn't have to defeat you. (coughs) Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, give them a round of applause. As we close today, let's go to the final slide on uh, finally. I'm going to give you some practical guidelines. Number one, don't put yourself in compromising situations. How do we overcome temptation? Don't put yourself in that position. There was a young lady when I was a youth pastor that used to call me consistently late at night. Pastor, I don't know how I ended up here, but I, I, I'm in this place. I'm, I'm, I'm in a room full of guys right now, and, and I don't know how I got here. And it was consistent. And I would find myself spending the night going all over town looking for this girl to pull her out of these homes. Eventually, you have to recognize that you got to stop putting yourself in the situation. you got to stop putting yourself in the situation that things like this are going to happen. Secondly, you got to pray daily for the Holy Spirit to lead you. Invite the presence of God to lead you. Stop trying to lead yourself. 
and start letting the Spirit of God lead you. Number three, read and think on the Scripture. Meditate on it. Let the Word of God become part of you. Instead of living by your desire, live by the Word of God. Number four, be honest with yourself and God, what you're dealing with. Some of us are afraid to admit, I'm struggling with lust. I'm struggling with anger. I'm struggling with addiction. I'm struggling with low self-esteem. Would you just admit it for a second? Take time and admit what you're going through. God already knows. Number five, or actually number, yeah, number five, confess that you have the power to overcome. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you. Come on, somebody. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That if you have Christ in you, there's no temptation that can overcome you. No sin that can tear you down. Number six. I love this one. Don't miss a service. Some are so inconsistent, and you wonder why your life is inconsistent. It doesn't have to be here. I'm not talking about CWC. You find a place and get faithful there. Stay there. Get built there. Get, get encouraged there. You know, you, you need to get in a family of believers that are going to encourage you and help you stand no matter what the things that come against you. You need to make sure that you get faithful, get part of a family. And number seven, when dealing with temptation, always recognize there's more at stake. More at stake. Listen closely as I close. I'm way off, huh? You didn't help me at all on that. Thanks. <laughs> Listen very closely. Satan will always maximize the benefits of sin and minimize the penalties. But God will always maximize the penalties of sin and minimize the benefits. I guarantee you this, that if more people thought about the consequences of sin, they wouldn't do it. But we don't think about the consequences. We just think about the fun. Come on, church. If if sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't be tempted by it. Right? And it's not until we were busted did the tears come. And I'm convinced that most people aren't aren't sorrowful for their sin. They're just sorrowful that they got caught. Right? Oh, you feel bad after the consequences. Everything's falling apart. But let me just tell you this. Why does your pastor try to walk straight and narrow? I'm not any better than any one of you. I'm forgiven just like you. But what's kept this relationship where it's at today? Is because young, years ago, as a young man, I made a choice. Not only to stay committed to her. It's not I've never been tempted. Because I've been tempted. I'm a man. Come on, I'm a man. But the reality is this. I've taken time, and if you've been in Master's Commission or been part of any ministry that I've been part of over the years, you've heard this before from me. But I've walked through the consequences in my mind already before an action ever takes place. 
I've already walked it out in my mind. I've walked it out in my spirit. And so if I were ever to have an affair on my wife, she would be brunette, not blonde, because I'm drawn to brunettes. Just telling you right now. She knows if there was ever a rumor that I was with a blonde, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Brunette, yeah, it's possible. Okay? Just telling you. But I want you to see... I've already worked it in my mind that if, as I'm driving after, after this affair that I had, as I'm driving out of the hotel, I rear-end the car in front of me. And when the person gets out of the car, it's Bishop, my boss. He gets out of the car, he looks and says, hey, hey, Dan, who's the lady in the car? Oh, just a friend. We just came here for, for lunch or something like that. And so I have to lie to him. Later on, the lady reaches out to me to let me know that I have AIDS. Because she's been promiscuous as well, and she has caught in, she's HIV positive, and now I'm HIV positive. So I have to make sure that I now go to my daughters and pull my girls in. Tell my daughters, Daddy blew it. For one moment of pleasure, Daddy made a mistake, and now... This family we worked so hard at building is now going to be fractured. I broke your trust. But not only that, now I have to step in front of this church that we spent our lives building. Stand before you as your spiritual leader and say, I am no longer qualified to lead you spiritually because of the choices that I made. And I've disqualified myself and I have to step away from the call that God placed on my life to lead people. I got to walk away from this. But that's not even the worst part. Now I got to kneel before this woman that I've been with, this woman that's had my children, this woman that's been my best friend. I have to kneel down before her and I have to beg her for forgiveness for making the choice that I did, for, for being stupid for a moment, to kneel down before her and ask her forgiveness for breaking her trust. And not only that as hard as that would be the greatest thing is going to know be knowing that I let down my God that I made a commitment to serve to give my life to that I blew it that I broke the trust with my heavenly father you go back and you count up all the consequences of that action let me tell you There ain't no person in the world that's worth that. It's too late when you're in the middle of that situation to raise a standard. You got to make a decision today that your love for God is greater than your love for self. You got to make a choice today To recognize, God, I might not be perfect, but I'm asking you to show me the way out. Let me see the exit signs on the road of temptation. Because, God, I want to be better than I am today. I want to go farther. I want to accomplish more. I want to be the man or the woman of God you created me to be. Don't let sin destroy my purpose. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook 
at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.